You know, a lot of the things that Pastor Mike says a lot, I say it a lot, we all say it. it it's, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's the Holy Spirit living in us. Oh, that's such a fantastic statement. And, you know, we've, we've heard that, and I'm sure Pastor Mike or any, any, any pastor would want to just have that magic formula that, that when he said that, you would just believe it, just like that. But what happens a lot of times is we will, it's like if you told somebody, you just, you know, you just inherited General Motors. Now, that's sometimes how we take that. It's just so grandiose <coughs> and so outside of the realm of can this be possible that sometimes we just don't do anything with it. It just kind of stays there. You know, we've got several Bible verses that back this up. 1 Corinthians 3.16, Do you not know that the Holy Spirit lives in you? 2 Corinthians 6.16, That we are the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.19 and 20 says, Don't you know your body is the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit? You are not your own. You're bought with a heavy price. You know, uh, back in the early days of the church, we got to remember that they had no Bible like you and I have. And what the number one way of a believer after he was baptized and when they, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in them was really the number one credential, if you will. The number one stamp on them so well, I know I'm saved because I have the Holy Spirit in me. <clears throat> and I think that's the way the Lord today would want every believer. I want you to know that I am in you. And there's no doubt about it. But there are so many things that attack the Word of God and that will attack your faith that, there's, there, that uh, it's just been preached out of us sometimes. I mean, it's just been like... Uh, we, we've just lost the reality of Christ in us, the hope of glory, the Holy Spirit living in us. <clears throat> Romans 8.16 uh, tells us that, um, that the Holy Spirit witnesses of our spirit that we are children of God. Wouldn't that, isn't that fantastic? You and I can stand here today and say, you know, I have this witness inside of me. It's the Holy Spirit. He's there. I know he's there. And by faith, I accept that. I'm solid in that. <clears throat> and you know, <clears throat> sometimes something we can always go back to. You know what? You know what really started this church it was the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which has been, and we'll go into it a little bit later, but has been fought for for centuries and centuries and centuries. You know, that's what made this church different uh, from all the other churches in the area was you see the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues and you have something come out of your mouth that what is that? It sounds like nothing I've sounded before, but it's coming out of me. That'll do something to you. And so there's a little group of people 
got attached to that, and it got a little different. And of course, the established churches don't like that because, I should put it this way, the devil doesn't like that because there's power in there. Now my people, let's put it this way, God, uh, the Satan would say, you know, now his people, they've got the Holy Spirit in them and they know it. Who knows what they're going to do? Pretty soon they're going to believe in healing. Pretty soon they're going to have words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Pretty soon they're going to be empowered from on high. So he makes sure that this doesn't last or it gets highly, highly opposed. Makes these people look foolish. Makes them look dumb. That sort of thing. So we can see how powerful it is. Imagine, if you will, if Paul came to church, the Apostle Paul. He walks down the aisle and we say, hi, Paul, how are you doing? Oh, good, good. What are you doing? I'm just visiting today. I'm actually looking for a Bible. <laughs> iPads, phones. <laughs> oh, you do have one. That's good. And he picks it up. This is Paul now. And he looks in here and he says, Wow, you got the old New Testament. This is good, but oh my gosh. You've got all the words that Jesus said. And you've got my letters in here. All my letters are here. You've got them all in one, one book. See, they never had that then. And I bet he would say, boy, I bet when you guys have church, you just raise the roof. Man, that's awesome. And now you got these little devices with little lights and things, and they got it on there too. And they got these tiny little, little things about the size of a cracker that's on there too. And he would say, oh man, you guys must have the word in you. But sadly, it always doesn't turn out that way. Somehow we miss it. I'm not saying we all do, but somehow a lot of us miss it or it gets, it kind of leaks out of us a little bit. You know, Jesus was pretty clean, uh, clear when he said, it's the cares of this world, it's the issues of this world, things in our life that leak, that leak the word of God out of us. I remember in the 70s, they had Holy Spirit conferences. Anybody remember any of them? You go to a Holy Spirit conference? Well, they did. <laughs> Believe me, they did. <coughs> but these conferences, what had happened is this, this Holy Spirit hit the areas, the uh, 60s and 70s, and it would hit, it hit the Catholic Church, it would hit any church, the Catholic Church was amazing. Um, and you had baptism of the Holy Spirit, you had people praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, and all of a sudden you had all these other manif- manifestations of the Holy Spirit. You had people falling down, <coughs> people laughing, things like that. So it caught on, and they said, well, you know, we've got to focus on this a little bit. 
and let's have some conferences and let's talk about this Holy Spirit that we haven't talked about or preached about in our church for ages. Kind of reminds me back when the early believers were going around and they said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, we never even knew there was a Holy Spirit. And sadly, that's kind of how it has evolved. <clears throat> when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit um, out of Silverwood Church, and we had a uh, brotherhood night, it was a men's night, but they had invited the, the ladies and everything too, and we had Father John Pearson speaking. Anybody know Father John Pearson? Okay, all right. And he had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he gave a talk that night, and, I, and Lynette was in the hospital, <clears throat> she was uh, just going over by Scandia Church. That's when we didn't have seat belts. Ryan was about two years old. He started throwing up, and she had the steering wheel, and she reached over and was going to help him, and she went in the ditch, hit an approach, went airborne, cracked her back, and so she took Ryan and carried him about probably 75 yards to a house, and then they, they called me, called Pastor Dan Rudquist. I came over, and I, and I got her. And, of course, in a body shop, a lot of times your car is getting worked on itself. So the only thing I had to drive was a customer's car. And it was uh, like a 70 Nova. It was raked like that. It had big tires in the back, and it rode just beep, 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 you know. And that's what I gave her a ride to the hospital. And she's walking out. She's still mad at me. <laughs> Get over it, honey. <laughs> Gee, that was 40 years ago. No, but she... Uh, so I gave her a ride in that thing. And the city of Tracy had... The Highway 14 was all tar up, putting sewer and water in. It was it, literally, it was just like, just like a motocross court. So I, you know, I give her a ride to the hospital in that. So anyway, she wasn't there, but when Father John gave this message, I, I just, I thought, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for all my life. And so he talked about this, and I, I just, it just absolutely gripped me. Talk about timing and the power of the Holy Spirit and everything. So he, so he asked, does anybody want to receive the Holy Spirit? Well, I did, and one other guy did. And I thought, well, we'll just do it in the pastor's office because, you know, I don't know if he expected 20 guys or none or 50, I don't know. But So I we went in the pastor's office, prayed over me, and I, I didn't really sense anything, but when I got in my car and drove home, I remember going by, again, Scandia Church, going home, and just like my body was outside of the car, and I was looking down. Now, I got a body shop, so I call that an out-of-body experience. <laughs> Bad joke. <laughs> so, uh, and after that, I was just, I could not get to her soon enough and tell her about this message. We got it on tape someplace. I always end the story with this. So we got it on tape. I don't know where it's at. But <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> there was no teaching after that. And I think that's what happens so many times. 
I, I received no teaching after that. And, um, and therefore, I just kind of fell away. Not in, not in, a, in a salvation sense, but of, of acknowledging the Holy Spirit in me. I wasn't taught anything about speaking in the Spirit, singing in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, and things like that. But anyway, I just kind of wanted to share, share that with you because there are so many different stories of how people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In James 4 uh, and, and uh, 4 or 5, I'm just going to read that. It's just it's so powerful. James 4, verse 5, it says, Or do you think that the Scripture says of no purpose he jealously desires the Spirit which he has made to dwell in us? In fact, the King James says, It lusteth lusteth to envy. It's almost like God just desires it so much. He's so zealous of it. It just almost brings him to jealousy. This is how, how thorough he wants you to understand that he wants to be in you. This is his, this is his uh, operation today, is the Holy Spirit in the believer. And that's how he wants to operate. And he's chosen to do his miracles through his people. He's chosen to heal through his people. He's chosen to set people free through his people, his body. <clears throat> his, um, <clears throat> so a lot of times, you know, we'll think, well, you know, I've done something wrong. You know, he's left me. Let me assure you that the Holy Spirit does not leave you as a believer. Now, he can be grieved, certainly can be disappointed, but he never, never leaves you. That was a promise. So, be assured of that. And you can be, in, uh, as a believer, and be in a, in a terrible sin. He's still there. And that's another whole another sermon, what sin does to us. What sin does to us, as a believer... It re-identifies us back to our old man, even though we aren't that person anymore. But that's what sin does. It re-identifies you in your own mind, even though you're a child of God. A lot of this opposition, sadly, has come from the church. I read up some history last night of the, of the uh, operation or manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And I got back to about 1500. There's obviously, you know, history before that. But I went from about 1500 on with Martin Luther. Uh, Martin Luther, we know, justification by faith. He broke open things. He was in the Catholic Church. Uh, the, the revelation of that just broke out. I mean, it was the Reformation. Reformed everything. Church was in a bondage before it was not even a church. It was just this dead, dead religion. And they had record of, of uh, uh, pretty good record of, of Martin Luther praying and speaking in tongues, laying hands on the sick, 
and uh, having him recover. Uh, and you go through the same way with uh, John Calvin. And there were, there were groups of people like the Huguenots in France that had embraced this, and they became so evangelical and spread throughout the area that the established church in France said, we've got to stop this. We cannot have this. It is threatening our church. And those, so they set out, and they killed these people. They figure about 70,000 of them died because they believed in a manifestation, baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's how powerful this is, and that's how severe Satan wants this out of the knowledge of the people, out of the people of God. <clears throat> There's a word and, uh, called cessationism, or cessation means when the last apostle died, that was John, who was on the island of Patmos, wrote uh, uh, the, 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 the Revelation, the book of Revelation. They said when he died, that was it. There went your miracles. There went your Holy Spirit baptism. There went your healing. There went your speaking in tongues and everything. That is probably the number one thing that has killed this belief of Christ in you, the hope of glory, is cessationism. But history proves otherwise, whether they believe it or not. It's amazing. It's amazing how they can ignore history. But yet, history is there. It stands on its own of, to this present day, the book of Acts is still the book of Acts, right up to this minute. <clears throat> well, let's just look a little bit in Scripture how this unfolded. Let's look at our first, ver- uh, first one is John 14, verses 16 and 17. Jesus was telling his disciples... And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, for it beholds him not, neither knoweth him. You know him, for you abideth... I love the King James. That's super. But that's okay. For he abideth with you and shall be in you. This was not happening before this. Not at all. Before this, Jesus had said... Let not your heart be troubled. Remember that? You always hear it at funerals. Let not your heart be troubled. I've made a place for you. And following this is what he said when he introduced the Holy Spirit. The second one, in Acts 2, <clears throat> Acts 2, 1 through 4. Go ahead and put that on. And when the day of Pentecost was now come, and they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound as of the mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them tongues <clears throat> parting asunder like as of fire, and it sat upon each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. <clears throat> Pentecost is 50 days. It used to be 50 days from uh, Passover, but now... Uh, now they celebrate like Pentecost, the, the Protestant church, which we are of the Protestant church, is 50 days from Resurrection Sunday. 
So Pentecost just means 50 days. So here you have the promise that he's had because <coughs> the Holy Spirit had told them to gather and not many days hence you will be filled with the Spirit. This is that, this is that power that came. This is when it actually happened. Our third one is the purpose. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 16. And I, brethren, when I came unto you, came not with the excellency of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not in pervasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. You can see in this verse that he is talking more about the power of the Spirit than in persuasive words of wisdom. Sadly, many of our churches rely on persuasive words of wisdom than the Holy Spirit's power. We've reversed it somehow. Now, putting it into practice, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 13. <coughs> Is that right? Okay, all right, there we go. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you be ignorant. You know that when you were Gentiles, you were led away into those dumb idols. Howsoever you might, uh, you might lead. I haven't read the King James for a long time. Wherefore I make uh, known unto you that no man speaking in the Spirit of God says, Jesus is anathema. Thank you. And no man can say, Jesus is Lord, but in the Holy Spirit. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are diversities of ministrations, the same Lord, and our diversities of workings. Okay, and but the same God who works all things in all, but to end, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit to profit with all. In other words, to profit everyone. We've got to remember that the Holy Spirit's job here is to profit us, all of us, every single one of us. His body is meant to be joined together, linked together, <coughs> tied together, operating together, loving, loving together. For to one is given through the Spirit the word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith in the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing in the one Spirit, and to another workings of miracles, and to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues. The cessationists say, this is gone. Really? We don't want that in our church anymore? Why would we want that gone? Why would God pull that away? Does that make any sense? Why take your take? Why not take your black marker and just cross it all out? Doesn't make it's it's history. It's ancient history. No, it's not. It's for today. What wonderful gifts they are! <clears throat> and to another, the interpretation of tongues. But to all those works of one and the same Spirit, dividing to each one several each as you will. For as the body is one. And hath many members, and all the members of the body, being many, 
are one body, so also is Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, bond or free, we're all made to drink of one spirit. <clears throat> it's pretty amazing when you look at all the denominations that we have today, but yet the Bible is very clear on how he wants to operate. And he wants to operate with the gifts. The Holy Spirit wants to operate in us and through us. He desires greatly to do that. It's not anything that we have to, uh, what can I say, push the right buttons or just hope, hope that we're worthy of this. He's made us worthy through his blood. And he wants to operate. <clears throat> you know, looking back at some of the, some of the gifts, For example, in the word of wisdom, George Washington Carver, who is a uh, a black scientist, was a Christian, and he he was praying and he said, God, just show me the universe and show show me what everything means in the universe. And uh, he didn't get any answer and he says, well, just show me the world and, and how you made it operate and everything. He still didn't get anything, and then evidently there was a peanut or something laying on his table or something. Well, just show me about the peanut. Well, you know, he had over a thousand patents on the peanut, what he could do with the peanut. Now, that would be a word of wisdom. I think another one that's kind of cute is like supernatural faith. Boy, I love stories on supernatural faith. You can't get, you can't get much better than Smith Wigglesworth. And uh, Wigglesworth uh, is an icon when it comes to working in supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit. But one time they were driving and they, were running, they ran out of fuel. And uh, Wigglesworth says, you got a can any place? You got a gas can? Oh, yeah. So they go down to the river they fill it full of water, pour it in a gas tank. They said, let's go. They went. I love that. That's supernatural faith. Well, kind of winding down, I just want to, I just want to um, kind of show some examples that that we can do, every one of us can do, and are doing, and are probably happening to you right now. One is dreams. You know, and the prophet Joel prophesied in the, in, in the end times, you know, my young men will have visions, old men will dream dreams, and I'll, I'll pour out my spirit on my sons and daughters. And that's what he's done. Now, some of you have dreams. Some of you have no idea what they mean, but some of you have some profound dreams. And they really, really are pretty significant. Another one is, you'll have thoughts that are godly thoughts. And they seem to just kind of hang in your head. And you say, well, you mean God speaks through my thoughts? Well, he certainly does. Satan does. Because the Bible says that he blinds the minds of those who are perishing. And the way he blinds minds is by untruth, lies. 
If he can do that, we know our Heavenly Father can certainly be in our thought life. I kind of shared this a couple Sundays ago in, in Bible study that we want God to talk to us. We all want that. But he's right here, and he's talking, and I think he talks all the time. Full bore, we have to get the right channel. We have to open the valve, the right valve. And I think what happens is we, when we think of things, and things come through our thought life, he sounds like us. He sounds just like us. So if we have a thought <clears throat> that we know is a godly thought, that's him. How about seeing faces? <clears throat> Anybody ever have faces in your mind and, and uh, you just, they don't leave? They just are there? Anybody? Okay. All right. Uh, it could be even faces that you don't know who they are. Uh, that happens a lot to me. I, I, when I first got onto that, I, I thought, well, this is strange. It'll be absolutely somebody absolutely perfectly clear. Uh, their dress, their, their hair, eyes, everything. In fact, it happened this morning when I was in praise and worship. I just just to share this with you. Was, um, there was a gal. A tall woman, nobody in here. And uh, she had, uh, and I said, okay, Lord, who, what's, this, what's this all about? Then all of a sudden her eyes went dark. She had like, like big glasses. She didn't have glasses, but these glasses were over her face and these eyes went, this glass went totally opaque, like you couldn't see anything through them at all. And the Holy Spirit said, she's blind. Not physically, but she's blind. Blind to spiritual things. And then it showed her, all of a sudden, her makeup was different. Her hair was different. Her clothes were different. And she had different makeup on. And the Holy Spirit said, she's trying to be someone different all the time. She's not happy with herself. So then you could see her with different clothes. Different this was an actual, I believe, an actual woman. And she kept changing her looks all the time. And the Holy Spirit said, pray for her. Pray for her that this bondage of self-rejection gets broken. And see, that's, that's how, what the Holy Spirit does. He does that with all of us. We have to, we have to learn what he's talking about. Like anything else, we learn. We learn that. <clears throat> Another thing, when we get in our minds and said, I should do this for someone. We'll get that thought. You know, I should go and see so-and-so. They're, they're not doing well or something like that. Another one, or I should give such and such. That's another one. That comes from the Holy Spirit. Or scriptures. There will be a time when you can't get a scripture out of your head. What, what is that scripture? What is that scripture telling me? So you go to the Bible, 
read that scripture, meditate on it. And the Holy Spirit will show you what he's talking about. Another one is, you know, we get our online prayer chain. So-and-so's in a hospital. So-and-so had a heart attack. So-and-so has this problem. And, of course, everybody, we're on Facebook, everybody, you know, praying, prayers are with you, so on, so on, and so forth. I, I think probably a better thing to do is, Lord, I really don't know how to pray for this person. Will you help me pray for this person? In Romans 8.28, it says the Holy Spirit helps our weakness and shows us how to pray. So I say, Lord, how do I pray for this person? I, I don't know them. I don't know the situation. How do I, how do I pray? Instead of maybe just, you know, we, it's all nice when we respond, that's good. But I think he wants us to be really specific on that. <clears throat> so the activity of the Holy Spirit is all about us. It's all, it's, it's here. He, he wants to express his body through each and every believer here. Let's close in prayer. Lord, thank you today. Thank you for just a great, great time, just uh, relishing the love that you have for us. Father, I thank you for the ones that have spoken over and the ones that have been declared over. Lord, these are things in their life that are, are going to be with them forever. Lord, you love them that much. Lord, you love your church. You love each and every one here today. And Lord, we exalt in you, we praise you, we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.